Hey Swamp Folk, before we get into these stories, I need to take just a second to thank today's sponsor. The world in 2021 can feel like an unstable and dangerous place, but we can't live in fear. Taser is giving people the confidence to protect themselves by creating life-saving self-defense technology. Taser's a line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in the glove compartment or a purse. Yes, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you. And even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker. And it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Now, we hear a lot of scary stories on this channel with stalkers and creepy people. This is something that has saved more than 237,000 lives. Now, Taser devices are available without a permit in most US states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code SWAMPED. Save 15% now at taser.com promo code SWAMPED. Spelled T-A-S-E-R dot com promo code SWAMPED. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Full disclosure, I've never seen a cryptid, nor do I have the desire or inclination to. But there is a reason I am armed when I am in the wilderness. Usually, I carry a 45 ACP with jacketed hollow points and a hatchet, both as a tool and potential weapon. Cryptids, and things that go bump in the night, so to speak, are no reason to avoid the mountains or those wild places the boldest or most adventurous among us choose to go. My experiences are all gut feeling. The way I see it, you have instincts and awareness for a reason. Your senses, including intuition and a sixth sense, what I refer to as your gut, keep you alive. I am an avid bow hunter, and it was in a lone hunting trip that this occurred on. It was the second day of the trip, and I had not run into a whole lot or had a shot opportunity yet. Thinking the elk were at a lower elevation, I set out on the afternoon hunt into a valley. There's a creek and a small lake down there, where the two slopes on either side come together. The trees were starting to grow back up, so it was thick, with young pines about six feet high or so, and high grasses. And I mean thick. Some of the clusters of trees were so tightly packed you could not have gotten through them if you tried. In some places, there was only a foot or two squeezing between the trees. I had a bad feeling before walking down the hill, but it was the first time I had hunted alone, so I wanted to face my fear and do it anyway. As much as I talk about awareness and instinct, sometimes it is really an irrational fear made up in your head, and I thought this was one of those times. The thick vegetation I mentioned does not start further until down the slope, filling in any gap it can find. I hesitated a little bit when I got into it. It just seemed dark. There was a thunderstorm coming in, so it was darker than usual, but something about it seemed so unnatural, like it was some sort of threshold into the abyss, as if walking into the thick vegetation meant crossing into some dark realm. I know, it sounds dramatic, and I admit to being a novelist, so I tend toward the dramatic when I talk about something like this fiction or otherwise. 
but that is the way it felt. As I said, I was thinking that it was irrational, a stupid and childish fear, so I pulled myself together and took the first step in. Every step in feels worse and worse like crossing over into a point of no return. If I go any further, I'm not coming back out. Not wanting to give in to it and have a good hunt, I tentatively throw out a bugle call from my grunt tube, a tube used for calling bull elk, mimicking their bugles and grunts. That is when it got bad. It is like the tone of the forest just drops. Think of this in the terms of emotional tone like a piece of music and how it affects a scene in a film. The forest around me goes dead quiet. Not a single sound. This sometimes happens when a low pressure storm system goes through the area. The animals stay quiet until it passes, but it also happens when a predator comes into an area. I went from being uneasy to being terrified. A sense of utter dread building up inside of me. There was a presence here. A dark aura and it was moving towards me as my bugle jolted into action. And it was close. It is not a feeling of being watched. I've had that before. It was more like whatever it was had a bead on me, and it was closing in. I could feel it coming. I could feel it creeping in. It is the kind of fear I have never felt before. A sudden, deep-seated terror. I turned around and started my way up the hill. I did not run but I moved with purpose. It is one thing I have learned in my life that in dire situations, the worst thing you can do is panic. So as much as I wanted to drop my bow and run, I stayed as calm as I could. Yes, part of me was still thinking that it was irrational, but the rest of me was stone cold terrified. I did not dare look behind me. I could still feel it back there, like I was being hunted, like I was being stalked and I felt mortally exposed after leaving the thick vegetation. After that, it is nothing but tufts of grass and dying lodgepole pines. Right about there, I started walking faster, but there was not as much of a sense of urgency. Still, I did not stop until I got back to my truck at the top of the hill. I remember giving a few glances behind me or to the side, but I cannot say for sure. Obviously, it seems odd that I did not run. I can see the comments now. If you were so afraid, why didn't you just run? Whatever it was wanted to kill me, and I could feel it. I knew it as clearly as I know a car when I see it. The worst thing I could possibly do was bolt out of there with a heavy pack on my back. Twigs and branches snapping from being stomped on, trees waving around when I passed them, or push branches out of the way trying to get through. All of that would be telegraphed exactly where I was, and I had no intention of being torn apart on the mountain and looking back on this, it is exactly what I would have imagined have happened. On the way back to camp, I expected whatever it was to come out onto the road, and my imagination came up with the worst possible things. A dark and vicious creature hell-bent on tearing me limb from limb. A really heavy rainstorm with a lot of wind came in later that evening, and I figured... I got rained out and didn't want to get crushed by a falling tree while I sleep. It would have been a good excuse as any to leave, and I guess that would make sense to ending my trip early to everybody else, but what I really wanted was to get out of there, as far away as I could, and I'm never going to forget what happened. I was kicking myself the whole way home, thinking maybe I was being cowardly, 
being run off the mountain the way I had been. I am the kind of guy that faces my fears, faces the difficulties of life with determination and sheer force of will. Naturally, I beat myself up over this, like I betrayed myself and my goals. But I think it is a reminder of what could be out there in the wilderness, things we do not know about, things we cannot quite explain, things that are deadly. And while I am not going to stop hunting or stop my backpacking and fishing trips, I'm going to be more alert because the fact is I do not know what could be out there and I'm not going to bet my life on some stupid skepticism. There was something out there with me that afternoon. I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Hey Swamp Dweller, I'm pretty new to your channel. I stumbled across it after doing research after I had a strange encounter with something in the woods while hunting coyotes in May of 2020. I'm a 30 year old male. I'm 6 foot 1 and 240 pounds. I do not take drugs of any kind, I'm not on any medication, and do not have a history of mental illness in my family at all. So with all that out of the way, I grew up on my family's ranch of roughly 100 acres or so in the mountains of Southern California. My family has owned this ranch for 60 years. As a kid, I was always outside doing something, riding motorcycles, hiking, and hunting squirrels and rabbits. You know, the things kids used to do. Anyway, I am no stranger to the outdoors, and I am extremely comfortable roughing it and camping out in the woods or the desert. I am an avid hunter and antique firearms enthusiast and typically hunt with a flintlock musket or rifle. On the day of the incident, I was hunting coyotes on the southeast corner of our property, a place I had been hundreds of times as a kid and an adult, and have never experienced anything strange out there. It was a cool spring day about 65 degrees and partly cloudy. I left my mom's house at about 1pm and started to make my way towards what we always call no man's land. No Man's Land is about a thousand acre parcel that neighbors of our property to the east and I can honestly say had never stepped foot on until this day. My folks along the rest of the family have always told my brothers and me not to go out there because it was private property and we do not know who owns it. Due to the mountains and the terrain around it and the amount of brush, it takes a little over an hour to walk there. You must traverse two deep ravines and our property ends at the edge of a clearing and into a second ravine. That is where I like to hunt coyotes. I set up my call and got situated, but after calling for over an hour, I wasn't having much of any luck. So I decided to do something I had never done before. I packed up my gear and continued walking east off my property into no man's land. I did not think too much of it at the time, even though I was clearly trespassing but one of the reasons we always called it no man's land is because we honestly do not know who owns it. Supposedly it is private property, but there are no houses, buildings, or roads for miles, and we certainly have never seen anyone out there, so I doubt that anyone would mind me shooting a few coyotes. So after walking through thick pine trees for 30 minutes or so, I stopped at a small clearing at the base of a hill, and that is when I noticed that things were completely silent. I mean absolutely no noise at all. No birds, no bugs, not even the sound of wind going through the trees. This put me on extreme edge, as that was something I had never experienced and could not explain. 
It really creeped me out, and the more I think about it, the more uncomfortable I truly became. I started to get the feeling that something or someone was watching me, followed by an overwhelming feeling of dread. I told myself that I was just freaking myself out, so I crouched down next to a tree and looked across the clearing, expecting to see a mountain lion or something like that. But oddly, I did not see anything. I sat there for a minute or two, trying to shake off this weird feeling. That is when I noticed something truly strange. One of the pine trees on the other side of the clearing was moving slightly like something or someone was shaking it. Keep in mind, it is still deftly quiet and still. There is no wind and no sound. I was looking at the base of the tree trying to figure out what was moving it when I noticed a big limb about halfway up the tree was sagging like there was a weight on it. It looked odd, just out of place. What I saw next, I cannot explain without sounding crazy. But here goes my best attempt. This thing, whatever it was, was standing on this limb about 15 feet off the ground. It jumped and landed with a thud. I could see the tree limb recoil when it jumped off and the ground where it landed depressed when it touched, but I could not see what it was. It is like it was almost invisible. All I could see was a faint blurry outline of its shape as it moved but I could clearly see the ground and brush move as it walked out into the clearing. I was frozen in fear and in disbelief as I watched it, my mind trying to find a reason to what I was seeing. I remember thinking, holy crap, this thing's a f is, is this thing freaking predator? It stopped in the middle of the clearing about 50 yards from me and stood still. When it was still, I could not see it except the grass in the clearing was about knee high, and I could see the grass parted around its legs. Whatever it was, walked on two legs like a human being. Armed with only my 45 caliber flintlock rifle and tomahawk, I thought I would not get a better shot at it than right then, so I cocked my rifle and took aim. But as soon as I raised my rifle at this thing, I could see its blurry outline as it ran at an inhuman speed and jumped back some 20 feet back into the pines. I could see and hear the trees moving and limbs breaking as they jumped from tree to tree. I got up and ran as fast as I could back towards the ranch. I have never run so fast in my life. When I crawled out of the first ravine and was finally inside of my mom's house, I turned around and looked behind me, trying to catch my breath, and I waited and watched, but I saw nothing. That is when I noticed that all the sounds were back. I could hear birds and crickets and all the usual sounds of the woods. I walked back to my mom's, scanning the area, looking around frantically expecting to see it any second. But I never did. My mom knew something was wrong the second I walked in, but I did not tell her anything. As soon as I got home, I was trying to explain it to myself. I was tired, I was dehydrated, my eyes were playing tricks on me, and so on. But that was just not the case. I know what I saw was not my imagination. I was not tired. I had plenty of water. I have not told anyone my story because I know it sounds flat out nuts. Some time later, I was visiting my uncle who lives on the ranch, and he mentioned hiking out in no man's land back in the 1970s. I asked him if anything weird ever happened out there, and all he said was, There's weird stuff out there, man. Bad Indian vibes. I only went out there one time, and that was enough for me. 
The thing is, my uncle was in the 82nd Airborne and is a combat Vietnam veteran and is one of the toughest, most badass dudes I know. And for him to be freaked out about No Man's Land tells me a lot. I don't know what's out there, and I'm not sure what I saw, but I can tell you I do not ever plan on going out to No Man's Land ever again. I've heard a lot of stories about skimwalkers and wendigos, but I have not heard anything that sounds quite like what I saw. Any information would be very helpful. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest, hunting and fishing and working by myself since I was about six years old. Half of my family is military, the other half ranchers. Both tough to say the least, and we all average about six foot tall. But anyway, when I was a kid, I always was at my grandparents' house with my cousin, who was less than a year younger than me. Naturally, we would always be out in the woods surrounding the house. When we were eight years old, we decided to go hunt squirrels, and it was getting dark, so we made the trek back to the house. Nervous because we were young, and we could hear coyotes on the other side, we were jogging in the brush. We come out of the timber facing the house. We reach the driveway, which is probably 25 yards in front of the house or so. We counted our squirrels and unloaded our weapons. To the left, there is a big shrub that's about 10 foot by 10 foot but my cousin froze looking at it. And when he would not respond to me, I turned and looked as well. This thing was almost as tall as the shrub. It was dark and scared me to death. We ran inside. My two uncles, who had just returned from a military deployment a week before, were sitting inside. My younger uncle looked at me and said, You saw it, didn't you? And the first time I cussed in front of an adult was right then and there. I dropped the F-bomb three times or more, trying to ask what it was. It was bizarre how calm my uncles were. They went on to tell me that they would call this eight-foot-tall thing the tall man. It messed with them and their friends when they were young. They even had shot at it many times, to no effect. With research, their best guess is that it's a Native American demon. But it does not seem to harm people, just feeds from their fear. They mainly see it after hunting. This caught me off guard, because you would think any demon would be violent. Fast forward 10 plus years. I had graduated high school and had joined the army as a combat engineer. I went home for about a week during the winter. The weather had cut off the Wi-Fi to my parents' house, so I called my grandfather and he said his Wi-Fi did work. He was also a Vietnam veteran. When I went over to work on the online training, because I was newly promoted, I was sitting in the living room in the evening cussing at my computer for seemingly being slow and for this pointless training, but for some reason, when I look up, there it is, and it was not fear that washed over me, but angry. I stand up and grab the shotgun at the door, and with a family like mine, door guns are definitely a thing, but I walk through the door, racked a shell, pulled up on the center mass about 20 yards away, and put three buckshot shells into it. Nothing. I was so filled with rage I took a step towards it like I was going to fight it, and then it vanished. Then my anger dissipated. What, what was even happening? What did make me smile is my grandpa walking out with a cup of coffee and a cigarette, and laughing about how that thing would be crapping itself by now. 
Then I cracked a smile because I thought it was funny how a Vietnam vet does not care about a demon, but gets worked up if you park on the grass. I still remember the day as if it were yesterday. This was on my trip to Sweden and an excluded location in the middle of a nature reservoir during winter holidays. I set up in a small abandoned hunting shack, which I got told of by one of my friends who is a native and has previously visited there. The first few days went as expected. I was hiking around the area, checking out wildlife and nature, and just enjoying my time. However, after day five, strange things began happening. After a long day of hiking, I was sitting back in the hunting shack, preparing a meal on the portable gas stove I had brought with me. The sun was beginning to set, and the woods were filled with faint gold shimmers of the sun. After consuming my dinner and having a little time to relax and rest, I went to go for a leak outside. The moment I touched the doorknob, I got filled with the most intense dread, as if my body were telling me not to open the door. I stood in front of the door for probably a few minutes before I eventually said it was probably nothing and I went outside. I told myself to man up. I went to some shrubbery and did my business. When I was done and walking back to my hunting shack, I heard a strange clicking noise. A rapid clicking. The best description I could give to it is the sound a predator makes from that movie. Also, kind of like the grudge as well. I darted for the cabin. I have had creepy stuff happen to me in the past in the woods, and I was not really ready to find out what was making that noise. I darted back inside, locked the door with change and a padlock, and sat there, listening, listening for any sounds. And then I heard it. A twig snapping. I nearly jumped through the roof when I heard it. My nerves were through the roof as it was. Then I heard it, tapping on the door very softly, as if it was in a pattern. The tapping became knocking, then banging and scratching. Whatever was outside was dead set that it was coming in, and I was not planning on letting it. I readied my hunting knife and sat motionless on the small stool, eyes locked on the door. I sat awake all night looking at the door and only dared to move when sunlight had started to show itself. When the noise had long since faded away, I went outside the next day to relieve myself once again from my overly filled bladder. When I headed back to the shack, I noticed the door. It looked as if a bear went mad on it. Whatever was at the door last night had some serious might. If this continued, I would not be able to rely on the door for protection. This spooked me, but I went inside and tried to brush it off. I fell asleep not much later from the exhaustion from the previous night. When I awoke, it was too late to head out, and I wanted to avoid tracking through unfamiliar wilderness in the middle of the dark, as it was just a request to get lost. And so, I decided I was staying one more night before I was going to get out of there. Staying that last night was a big mistake. It began with the clicking noises once again, and then the screams. This horrible screams. This night was black. The moon was barely providing any light. The forest was quiet. Too quiet. This was no longer peaceful, 
It was now eerie. Then I heard it. The clicking noise that I had heard before. Distant, but surely there. Echoing through the silence of the forest. Then, the screaming began. God, it sounded like a coyote who had been smoking cigars for centuries. Getting closer and closer. But then, silence. I was sitting upright in my sleeping bag, eyes wide, gripping my hunting knife, praying to God that the door would hold this night. It came back, the tapping slowly starting again, first on the door and then on the window. I could see the silhouette of whatever was standing in front of the window through the blinds. The moon provided me just enough light to roughly make out some features. It looked humanoid, but it wasn't. Its body was grossly disproportionate. Skinny long arms, skinny elongated body. But what really frightened me were the hands. Th those hands will forever be burned into my memory. Or rather claws. They were also long and skinny, ending in very pointy nails. Whatever this thing was, it could do some serious damage. It began circling the house. I could hear the snow under its feet, walking in a terribly slow, inconsistent but deliberate way. It then stopped. It must have stood still for about an hour, with me on the other side of the door also not daring to move a muscle, doing my best to pick up on any noise to get an idea of where that thing was. It then made a dash for the door and rammed into it. I could see the old hinges struggling to withstand the power that this thing was throwing into the door. I knew if this door gave up, that I would be next. I pushed my back up against the door with all my might and pushed against it. After a good ten minutes of this thing knocking at the door, it let out another blood-curdling scream and ran off. The speed of the footsteps were honestly inhuman. It was scarily fast. This thing was agile on its feet. At sunrise, I packed my stuff up as soon as I could. I wanted to get the hell out of there, back to the safety of my home. When I finished packing... I immediately went for the direction of my car. It took me a long time to walk to my car, taking breaks from exhaustion. I had not slept last night and was carrying all of my heavy equipment. When I was nearing the place where I parked my car, it was already getting dark again. The sunlight was disappearing rapidly. Luckily, I spotted my car in the distance. However, on closer look, I, I noticed some things. My tires were slashed. My windows and headlights were broken and full of dents, and those awfully familiar scratches. Then I heard it, that same clicking noise again. Thank you for listening, and thank you Swamp Dweller for sharing my story. My name is Ethan, I'm a 21 year old male, and while I haven't been involved in it for most of my life, in more recent years I've become very aware of paranormal happenings. Somehow, I've become surrounded by friends and loved ones who dabble in the supernatural and occult. Although I am not one, both my younger sisters are witches, as in my current roommate, who we will call Sam. This sometimes makes for interesting encounters with strange creatures, and though I may not have ever seen anything yet, I still have plenty of stories to tell. One such story is on a road, just outside of my hometown, 
I like to call Demon Road. Even though I'm 100% sure what resides there is not a demon. To start, I live in central Wisconsin, and it is no secret that due to the heritage of our land, there are a lot of old and unusually malicious creatures around. My roommate Sam and I like to go for late night drives on the rural back roads surrounding our towns. They're normally deep within the woods and go for miles and miles out into nothing. Now we know the rules. Never stop for long, never get out of the car, and roll up your windows if the woods go quiet. So, we usually play it safe. But, there was one road that kept catching our attention, mainly because we would never go too far on it before we felt majorly unwelcome and fearful. Like the stupid people we are, we kept going down it to see how far we could get. Nothing much happened the first few times we drove down. On the third drive, we smelled something rotten like rotting eggs. We thought it might have been from the plant we were passing. We would later find out that it was an electric power plant and had nothing to do with the gas of any kind. We just got to the end of the first stretch of the road when we started feeling majorly uneasy. So we turned around. On our way back, we noted that the smell had moved quite a bit, and it was different now. That unnerved us even more. This was the main theme for the next couple of drives as well, and each time we would get further and further. We had gotten so far that we reached a right curve at the end of the first stretch, only to see that it probably went on for another two or three miles. It was at this curve, I want to say maybe the 10th or 11th drive down this road when it happened. I felt it way before we saw it. It was a different feeling than I was used to from this road. Instead of uneasiness, it was a strong feeling of wrongness and a desire to flee. The closer we got to the curve, the stronger it got. I voiced this to Sam, who also drove, and she shared the same feeling. That's when I saw it, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this because it sounds ridiculous. A white plastic lawn chair. The easily breakable ones that have rounded backs. I kid you not, as soon as I saw this thing, I wanted to scream. My entire being was screeching that I needed to get away from this chair, and I needed to get away now. It was just sitting there, facing us on the side of the road. It felt taboo, like it was never supposed to be there in the first place. I don't know why, I just felt like if I were to go anywhere near it, I wouldn't be able to stop myself from sitting on it, and that was the last thing my mind was telling me to do. It was like those stories of finding cut-off stairs in the middle of the woods, just wrong and out of place and absolutely dangerous. Sam, without saying a word, did an abrupt turnaround and sped back the way we came. We only realized how dead silent it was until we heard the chorus of frogs start back up a couple minutes later. The next time we went down that road, the chair was tipped over, and the feeling was nowhere to be felt. After that, we never saw it again. I was almost relieved, but that was, that was not the last of the terror on this road. It mostly remained the same, uneasiness mixed with the feeling of being watched. Nothing big happened until I want to say our 20th and our last drive down this road. At this point, we had made it three-fourths the way down this long, creepy road. I'm trying to keep my eyes on the road ahead, as I know there's something on this road, but I don't want to investigate the woods and see something I might regret. That's when I hear Sam's breath hitch and felt her tense beside me. 
I asked her what was wrong and she stopped the car slowly and reversed it a few meters before huffing and continuing down the road. I re-asked my question, a bit more freaked out. Sam, after some hesitation, said, I thought I saw a human face staring at me from a ditch, but there was nothing. Now, I was freaked before, but now I was downright terrified. I asked if we could turn around and go back to our shared apartment, and she agreed. Not even two minutes later, she cried out in fear. Startled, I asked again, what happened? She told me she saw a black shadow figure standing in the middle of the road behind us, staring at her. She also admitted seeing the same creepy figure in the clearing to her right earlier on the road. At that point, I had a feeling that it was toying with us, playing with malicious glee. I did not like that thought. Mind you, I never saw these things and only have Sam's word to go from. But Sam also doesn't lie about these sorts of things, instead of tending to be brutally honest. So, I have no reason to doubt her. We quickly turned around and headed home, badly frightened and wishing for the safety of our city. After that, I firmly stated that we should never go down that road again. I was done doing this entire thing. To this day, five months later, I have stuck to my word and have not gone down that road since. I don't know what was down that road, but it was not friendly in the slightest. I live in an affluent neighborhood in Jersey. Not a whole lot of woods over here. Regardless, I enjoy my fishing and alone time in the few areas of woods that we do have, and when I do get the chance to get out of town, I absolutely take it. This happened in the early 2000s, when both my parents were still alive. My father wanted to get out for the weekend, so we decided to pack up and head for an area called Big Flat Brook. We've been there for what felt like a million times with no weirdness ever happening, and we felt it was pretty safe. However, this time when we rolled up to our normal spot that we would normally fish, we had some strange things go down. After a while of fishing, we decided to head back to the car for some food. Again, nothing out of the ordinary was happening. We were finishing lunch and my dad stopped mid-sentence to tell me, Get in the car now! I thought I had made him angry or did something wrong. That was until he asked, You have your pocket knife, right? Yes, I barely get the words out before he says, draw it and keep the doors locked no matter what. My dad stares into the woods locked on something, but I can't see. I'm beginning to shake like a leaf as I have no clue what is going on. Another five or so minutes pass, and my dad walks back to the car keeping his eyes locked on the woods the entire time. He tells me to start the car, and I do. He jumps in and floors it out of there. I've never seen my father scared or even breathe heavily, even with crap hitting the fan in the past, but he was shaking. He had cold sweats. I was told nothing of the incident until a few years before his death when I asked, Dad, what happened in the woods all those years ago? He sighed and said something along the lines of, It was watching you, son. The whole time, just watching you. When I asked who was watching me, he said, Not a man... I don't think it could, I don't know, I don't think you could call it a man. He never really ended up telling me about it since he didn't want to ruin the woods for me, but he told my older brother a description. It looked like an emaciated naked man close to seven feet tall with what looked like rotting patches of skin hanging off, 
black pieces of flesh just hanging from it. I miss that man and think about that day often, and how he was ready to throw down with whatever that thing was to keep me safe. Rest in peace, Pops. Like I promised, I haven't been there since, and I don't go far out alone. Hey, Swamp Folk. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but before we get into another spooky story here, I just had to take a second to shout out today's sponsor, HelloFresh. If you're not aware, HelloFresh gives you fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering, seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh's calorie-smart options make it easier to enjoy tasty, lower-calorie meals this summer without scouring the grocery store for ingredients and the web for easy recipes. You can choose from 50 menu and market items each week. From vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra-special gourmet options, there is something for everyone to enjoy. With all recipes designed and tasted by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity, HelloFresh's produce comes straight from the farm to your door in less than a week, which means fresh, high-quality ingredients. So what are you waiting for? Join me and the others in the swamp at HelloFresh.com Swamped14 and use code Swamped14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash swamped14 and use code swamped14 for up to 14 meals plus free shipping. You'll be able to find the link in the description. Come find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Now, let's get back into these stories. I hunt cryptids. Well, I guess I hunt more as a hobby than as a job. I've been on many hunts, most of which ended in injuries or deaths. Like Sam White Owl, I believe the public should know these things exist. For some background, this was the second hunt I was on with two other guys and a woman. Their names are Jackson, Alex, and Olivia. Jackson was your stereotypical hillbilly redneck, just without the creep part. Alex is a weapons nut who loves anything with a blade or barrel. He's a genius, too. He could probably tell you just about anything you would want to know. And Olivia, if I'm honest, she was a complete beast who knew everything there was to know about cryptids, and also knew every single way to take each one down. She was funny, kind, charming, and overall a great person to work with. Anyways, on to the story I want to talk about. I got a call from Jackson one night at around 2am. He told me he had a job for us. He told me it was in the Ozarks, and that it sounded like it was a werewolf. I told him I was in, and about a week later we were in the Ozarks. Once we got there, we packed our bags with all the necessities, food, water, weapons, and everything else, and then we set off. We tracked it for several days, and nothing of note happened except for the single time a deer scared the hell out of me. On the sixth day, it was about 3am, I was on watch until about 6 well, I heard some rustling off to my right, so I grabbed my knife and got ready. The next thing I see, there's what I can only describe as a werewolf charging at me, and I get tackled to the ground. I swing my knife at its chest and put a gash in it. It roars and runs off. 
At this point, everyone else is awake and they're crawling out of their tents with guns in hand. They all start asking what happened while scanning the tree line. I tell them that this werewolf, the one that we're looking for, charged me, and I think I got a good cut on his chest. So we start chasing it, and we ended up cornering it by a cliff. This was a bad idea on our part, due to what the werewolf did next. It turned around and charged Jackson, grabbing him and dragging him off into the woods. We run after them, and we hear Jackson screaming for help off in the distance. About six minutes later, we get to him and he's dead. I'm not going to describe the scene as it was almost too much even for me. We gather up what's left of him, and we, we burn it sticking around to make sure that the fire doesn't get out of control. The next day, we get back to tracking it, and we find its den. We go in and we start looking around. It's not there, so we decided to sit and wait for it to come back. The night comes, and eventually, it does come back while we're all asleep. I wake up to Olivia screaming. I get out of my tent as fast as I can and get thrown against the wall of the cave. Alex picks me up and throws me over his shoulder and just starts running. The next couple of days are kind of a haze, but we get out of the woods and go home. Alex ends up calling about six other guys that he knows, and they all go hunting and try to find this thing. I do believe they ended up killing it from the stories they told me, and burn what remained of Olivia's body. This happened when I was 12. I was staying at a relative's house because we had a break from school. My relative lives in a neighborhood by the beach. It was somewhat of a peninsula. I had made a friend in this neighborhood with who I would ride bikes with and do typical kid stuff. We'll call him Q. One night we were hanging out, just walking around the neighborhood around 9 at night. We decided to walk on the docks and just hang out there. To give you a good understanding, there were two ways to get to the dock. The first way was on a main road which led to this circular type parking lot which led to the dock. The second way was through a small path through the woods that led to the parking lot. This path is connected to a road parallel to the main road. Now back to the story. We normally took the woods path to the dock because it was easier. Fast forward a few minutes to us Getting onto the dock and looking out into the ocean, after a little while of just hanging out there, we turned around and saw someone standing under a streetlight on the main road. We couldn't make out any features on this person. All we saw was a dark figure, but we could tell they were facing us. At this point, we got creeped out. In our minds, we were thinking that we were trapped on this dock if this guy decided to move any closer. So we got off the dock and walked through the parking lot coming around a hundred feet within this guy, and then walked around the woods path. After we got off the path, we took a right and started walking up the road. The thought of that guy quickly left our mind, and Q started playing music through his phone at max volume. After we walked around 200 feet up this road, I had this feeling. I just needed to turn around. What I saw was the man, walking out of the woods, the same man from earlier. I didn't know what was happening. The path wasn't too far behind us. This guy had walked through the woods to find us in an immaculate amount of time without making a single sound. The only thing I could think to do was turn to Q and tell him to turn off his music and run. 
we ran all the way back to Q's house without looking behind us a single time. We went straight down to his basement and started talking about what had just happened. After we had calmed down a little bit, we turned on his PlayStation and tried to take our minds off of it. By the time 11pm came around, I had to go home. I said goodbye to Q and started walking back to my relative's house. I kept walking until I got to the end of Q's road, which connected to another road again surrounded by forest. It kind of formed a T-shape. Then, I was about 400 feet away from the other road, when I noticed the light to someone's porch on the right corner, where the two roads met. As I drew closer, I realized that there wasn't a house there. It was just woods. Before I had time to fully process, a dog started barking, and then another, and then another, until it sounded like every dog near me was barking in cacophony with each other. I looked back at the light in front of me, and it started moving sporadically towards me. At this moment, I, I freaked out, because it clicked. That wasn't somebody's porch light. It was a flashlight that somebody was just pointing at me. I watched frozen as the person began to run the opposite direction from me. When they were out of sight, I snapped out of it and ran home. I have no idea if that was the same person we saw by the docks, and the same guy that followed us through the woods, but I have a feeling that it was. Well, that was my story. I know it wasn't the scariest, but at the time, it was a really creepy encounter for me. I know some people might not take this story serious because I was only 7 or 8 at the time, but I had a disturbing encounter with some kind of creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian mountain range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning, so school was canceled for a snow day. I was excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We lived on an acre of property, going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest to a small frozen pond past my property line. All of a sudden, the woods went dead silent. No birds, no wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking to make it to the pond. I should have turned around right then and there, but I was just a naive kid. After I reached the pond, everything was, while silent, it was completely quiet. The hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I was starting to get frightened, but I did not know why. I just felt like something really bad was going to happen to me if I didn't leave at that very moment, so I decided to run back home as fast as I could. As I arrived in my backyard, I realized I was so late, and the sun was actually setting. My mom came running outside asking where I was literally all day, and to never disappear like that ever again. None of this made any sense to me because I had only been outside for about 20 minutes, at least so I thought. I left my house, with my snow gear on at around 10am, right after getting the snow day call from school. It was now about 8pm, meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I have no idea what happened and how I had been gone for such a long period of time. I only really remembered being out there for such a short period of time. I don't know if this was some sort of lost time encounter, some sort of creature encounter, or even a wendigo, I don't even know. I've heard so many stories, I don't know what's what anymore. 
Has anyone else ever had this happen to them? Was it some kind of creature? I didn't see anything at all while out there, and I don't know how I lost track of time like that. I didn't fall or hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments. This is a true, horrifying story that happened to my mom and dad somewhere in the early to mid-90s. I do not know why they did not tell me this story earlier. I'm a huge fan of true scary stories. I guess they just thought I was too young, and maybe it would scare me seeing as how close to home it happened. Anyway, back to the story. First a little background. My whole family has gone to the youth movement. My grandmother went. My grandaunt went, and her three children went, so naturally my mom and her younger sister did too. Both my parents became leaders, and that is how they met each other and started dating in the late 80s. After they left the youth movement, they still went to the summer camp to cook and be as they called it, adult leaders. Their job essentially was to help the leaders, who were in their late teens or early 20s. In certain unforeseen situations, for example, if a child got injured or sick or had to go to a doctor. My mom and dad were adult leaders, and my aunt was a normal leader when this story took place. It was during one of the summer camps. There was one other adult leader with my parents at the time. We will call him Keith. My aunt gets really scared, so she did not feel extremely comfortable sleeping in a tent. Because of this, she would go to my parents and Keith almost every night, saying that she heard noises that sounded like footsteps around the tents. Keith was a big, scary-looking guy, although he was not actually scary at all, so he would offer to go with her to look around and to see if anything was there. He always put on his big boots for this so he could catch any possible intruder. He did this every time, again and again. But every time they did this, there would never be anyone around the tents. One night, the same thing happened again. My aunt came to my mom and dad and Keith, saying that she was certain that she had heard footsteps around her tent. Keith stood up once again and told her he would look around for her. He did not think, however, that there would be something or someone there, seeing as there was never anyone there before. Because of this, he did not put on his boots this time, but rather put on his slippers, which would turn out to be a big mistake. Not long after Keith had left, my parents heard him shouting and then people running across the camping place. They went out and saw Keith running after someone. Turns out someone really had been out there that night. Keith followed the intruder for a while, but because he was in his slippers, he could not run fast enough to catch them. There were woods right behind the place where the summer camp had been held at, so the person went into those woods and that's where Keith lost them. Thankfully, no harm had been done to my parents, Keith, the leaders, or the children. I believe they called the police afterward, but they never discovered who was around those tents that night and what they were doing there. The story does get scarier though. A few months after they returned from the summer camp, there was an article in the newspaper about someone who had been terrorizing and assaulting girls and women in the same area the summer camp took place in. As I said, my parents still do not know who that person was, but there is a big possibility that it's the very same man that had been attacking all those other people. It's scary to think about how close my parents and those children were to something so horrible happening to them, 
and I'm so glad they all got out safe. But what is even scarier is the fact that, if only my aunt had not been the girl who cried wolf, and if only Keith had put on his boots that night, they might have captured him and possibly saved some girls from that terrible fate. I am 19 now, but this happened when I was 12. It was the beginning of summer and me and my three friends, while we named Gerald, Bethany, and Daniel, wanted to go camping. For the context of the story, I'm a male. When all of our parents agreed to let us go camping, we had to choose whose backyard we wanted to camp on. Like I said, we were 12, so there was no way we were going to go to a campground by ourselves. Bethany's backyard was chosen because there was a small forest behind her house that we would always explore. When we got there, we went into the forest and put up our tents. The next few hours are something I cannot really remember. I don't really know why. The next thing I honestly remember is me and Daniel wanting to prank Bethany and Gerald. So, we hid behind their two tents hoping that they would not see us. It was dark now and Bethany and Gerald were both asleep. Their tents were so far apart that I could not see Daniel. I was about to walk over to Daniel to make sure he was alright because he was being very quiet. For more context, Daniel is a theater geek, so he usually is very loud and very proud. Just as I was about to go talk to him, I heard a twig snap from behind me. Turning around, I saw a figure in the distance. Thinking it was Daniel, I whispered, Daniel, what are you doing? My blood turned cold as Daniel answered me. I was walking over to you. Why? However, I did not turn around as my eyes were locked on the figure. I did not know who it was, but it was human. Soon, Daniel saw the figure too. We were just crouching there for a moment watching it. Then, the scariest noise I have ever heard came from this figure. It was a mix of a scream and a laugh. I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. After the figure shouted, it turned around and ran away. Bethany and Gerald got out of their tent and asked us what the hell was going on. I and Daniel told them to quietly get up and make a run for Bethany's back door as we were not that far away. For a few seconds they questioned us, but after we heard the noise again we all sprinted as fast as we could. The rest is a blur but all we know is that that person was never caught, and we never camped out there again. Gerald has now moved to Michigan, and Daniel is now in Arizona. I and Bethany are still in touch, and never talk about what happened. I just wish I knew who, or what that figure was, and how they made that god-awful noise. Now, to start this off, I'm a 22-year-old dude with loads of energy, and this will be relevant later. So much so that I usually take midnight walks around my house to get me ready for bed, and I cannot sleep before 2am. My parents recently told me that they were going on vacation and needed a house sitter. Being the cheap parents they were, they asked me to watch their cabin and some random forest 30 miles to the nearest town and 3 miles from the nearest neighbor. Cabin in the middle of nowhere, all alone, with a lakefront view. Who could say no? I told them goodbye and wished them luck on their trip 
and I arrived at the cabin the next day. The first day went well because I thought they didn't have cable or service. I was wrong, they did, and I fished, swam, and ate good food. But the second day is when the nightmare started. The time was about 1.08 in the morning, and I couldn't sleep at all. So I put on my boots and headed out in the cool night air for a little walk. I walked around the house for a few times and stood by the edge of the thick forest. Just when I was about to head back to my bed, I heard footsteps from the trees. Now, I'm used to deer being everywhere around my house, but the footsteps sounded way heavier than a normal deer. Being the curious chap I was, I threw a rock in the thick brush to see if it would run off. Silence at first. Then I heard something that I wish I didn't. Laughing. Not from a normal person, but from someone who is insane. Then the same rock I threw was thrown right back at me. I never ran that fast on my truck in all my life. When I turned on my car and the headlights came on, I could see a bald man still laughing where I was a second ago. I sped until I reached the end of our long driveway. I then called the sheriff and had to wait for about an hour. When they got there, they thought I was joking, but when they checked where I told them to, they found rope, duct tape, a long knife, and a faint bloody trail leading to another cabin some far away into the trees. Inside was just a bunch of scribbles like a child does and a rag covered in blood. The police looked all around and even checked our cabin, but he was never found. The next day, my parents canceled their trip and sold the place in less than two weeks. I catch myself wondering whose blood was in that cabin and what would have happened if I didn't find the man in the woods. Hey Swamp Folk, sorry to interrupt these stories, but I just had to take a quick moment to shout out today's sponsor, StoryWorth. If there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, it's this one. Me and my dad, we're pretty close, but recently I moved pretty far away. Using StoryWorth though, I was able to honor my dad with a heartfelt, sentimental gift the whole family can cherish together forever. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, and every father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person. Every single week, StoryWorth emails your dad a different story prompt, questions you've never thought to ask, like, what is your favorite story about your father? What things are you proudest of in life? StoryWorth has helped numerous families learn about each other in profound, special ways, and their testimonials will practically move you to tears. In fact, StoryWorth has already created a powerful experience for me because it has brought me closer to my family in ways I never thought were possible. There is no shortage of surprises when reading the weekly stories, and they make your family feel close even if you're not. It's definitely a lot of fun to be able to share cool stories that my dad might not have known about myself and I might not know about him, even when we're a couple of hours apart. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your dad's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book and ship for free. Give your dad the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. 
Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash swamped. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash swamped for $10 off. Now, let's get back to the stories. I was camping at a national forest campground in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. One night I was sitting by the fire when I heard a noise. This was different from the usual bear grunt. It was more like someone sneaking in the trees. I immediately grabbed the flashlight. What I saw haunts me even to this day. I saw a being in the trees, hunched down. It was naked and looked to be gray. It was very muscular, but its legs were backward, like a bird's. Then it quickly turned and bounded off down the hill. I don't even follow it with my light. It was way too fast. I didn't even bother. We left the next day. The next year, I went back to that same campground and campsite. Again, I stayed up late, poking the fire and reading. It was maybe one or two in the morning when I heard a weird noise. I shined the light in that direction. And once again, that same creature was just there. It looked exactly the same as I had remembered it from the previous year. It just sat there, crouched at the small tree line that separates the campsites. I slowly walked toward it. I tried not to make any threatening moves or gestures. I got within 20 feet, then it just jumped backward and disappeared. It looked like it might be 5 to 6 feet high if it stood up. It was definitely gray. It had human features, but more leathery. Its face was very wide. Its eyes were so big, and even though they reflected light, they still looked black, like two intensely black marbles. Its legs were very muscular, but turned backward. I know what I saw, and it was real. When I left the campsite that evening, there were long, bloody scratch marks along the side of my truck. When I made it home... I was too exhausted to change out of my clothes, so I fell asleep on my bed and drifted into a deep sleep. I had a dream about the creature that night. It felt so real I could even smell it. The stench was unmistakable. It smelled of rotting flesh, wet dog, and spoiled eggs. I dreamt about it getting in my face while I was sleeping, and it drug its razor-sharp claws down my chest and cut my stomach open. Then I gasped myself into consciousness and see that there is a scar from the top of my chest to the center of my stomach. I have had enough of these mind games, so I packed my Colt 1911, 45 caliber handgun, a knife, and a flashlight. I headed towards the campsite to settle this for good. I finally made it to the campsite right before dusk. I began to set up camp once I had a fire going. I heard a voice calling my name. It sounded like my dead brother, but something just didn't sound right about it. It was more nasally. I've grown up with Native American friends all my life, and they said if you ever hear a voice calling your name that's similar but not quite right, at night, do not answer. If you do so, that creature will hunt you till it kills you. I frantically shine my light all around, and I see the creature hunched behind some brush. I yell, What do you want from me? And it looks at me, its black, soulless eyes, and lets out the most evil, guttural sound I've ever heard in my life. It darts into the woods behind it. I follow it with my flashlight and pistol in hand. As I'm running through the brush, I hear faint voices. They're whispering. 
around. Leave while you can. I find myself in a clearing, with a single dead oak tree in the middle. I shine my light on the tree and sure enough that thing is there staring at me. It jumps down from the tree and slowly starts crawling towards me. I fire my weapon and hit it in the chest. It seems to fall over for just a second and then starts convulsing and then it sits upright with this black sizzling ooze pouring from its wound. Soon enough it seems like it regenerates. It gets right back up. I drop my weapon and run back to the camp where I have water bottles filled with gasoline. As it gets closer, I shove two of the bottles down its throat, and then it strikes me in the shoulder. I start bleeding profusely and shove the demon in the fire as I watch it sizzle up in flames and die a fiery death. I just hope it's finally over. I hope I don't have to deal with this anymore. My name is Grant. I'm 18 years old. I honestly have no idea what happened, but I'm looking for someone who might know. That's why I'm sending this in to your show. Now, just a few months ago, we had gone camping at a different place than we normally would go. For more detail, I live in Oklahoma. Where I am, we have a lot of woodlands, as well as graveyards for Native Americans. I myself in Cherokee, but to the story itself. We went out really far to find this spot that we had heard about. It apparently had been my great-grandmother's favorite camp spot. And, oh boy, it looked like it had not been taken care of since the last time she was there, 60-some-odd years ago. Anyway, we made it work. We even managed to get a small camper into a flatter place. The whole time I just felt empty, almost depressed, but I also felt as if I was being followed the entire time. Yeah, cliche, I know, but it's honestly true. I felt as if something was always right out of my sight, just looking at me. Fake it until you make it, is kind of what I told myself. My nana isn't one to deal with someone who's upset, so I made it a point not to look bothered. I felt off the entire day. I have a few health conditions, so I just told myself I felt this way because I was lacking sugar. Even after we grilled had snacks, I still felt strange and still like I was being watched by something or someone. Going forward though, we all had started to going to bed. I was in a tent while my sister and Nana slept in the camper. I'm all about my personal space, so I refused to be crammed into a tiny camper with them. I wish I had got over myself and slept in there though, because around 10 or 11, I started hearing something around my personal tent. When I say that, I mean I could hear something rubbing on the fabric. I even heard sniffing, like a dog sniffing around. And that's precisely what I thought it was at first, just a dog sniffing around. I am horribly paranoid, but I had the solid idea that if it was just in fact a dog, I could flip on my flashlight, open my tent, and probably scare it away. I was ready to get out of my tent and just tell some dog to go back home, bud. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. In fact, I just froze. Words stuck in my throat as I looked low to the ground, splayed in all fours. It was a canine-like animal, but its limbs were skinny and twisted. Its head was tilted and its mouth was gaping open, like something straight out of a horror movie. Like I said, I'm not very brave, but at that moment, I felt like I was staring down death. 
I honestly didn't feel like dying, so I yelled at the top of my lungs, screaming and throwing the rocks I had collected earlier from a creek. The part that I don't believe myself is that it jumped back, stood on its hind legs, before giving me this awful, gut-wrenching screech. Then it curled up, bringing its arms to its body before turning to run. My sister and Nana refused to believe me. They told me I saw a sick coyote or something. That was not a freaking dog or a coyote. It just was not. I got my dad to take me back home. And get this, the last night my sister and Nana stayed, they told me they saw whatever this sick dog was. They said they heard something huge jump on the camper as well. Nana changed her opinion on me, saying it was a demon or something. But feel free to share this. I want to know people's opinions. I used to attend a Christian summer camp in western Pennsylvania every summer from when I was in third grade until about a senior in high school. There's nothing really ominous about the camp other than it sits on about 260 acres, of which more than 80% are unused and untouched forest. Every night during camp we would have evening activities that consisted of capture the flag, a variation of release, and other games we would utilize a small section of the woods for. Because these woods were so close to the main part of the camp, there was nothing off about them until you made your way to the part that we called Pioneer Road. This part of the camp is really just a large, grassy logging road through the woods that ends in a fork where one side leads to a remote part of the camp where the other side leads to a place that has high ropes and zip lines and stuff like that, a spot that we would stay all week. As a camper, I've done every program offered from regular camp to sailing camp and bicycling camp. However, my absolute favorite camp was in fact Pioneer. As a Pioneer camper, we would sleep out in remote areas of the camp and cook all of our meals over a fire. We'd try to keep going all week as long as we could. We had our choice to sleep in a teepee or out around the fire. Most of us chose the fire unless it was really rainy or cold. I never had any extra weird experiences out there until one of my very last nights as a camper. Up until this point, I've had some weird dreams about the camp, but always brushed them off. I liked watching horror movies and listening to scary stories and figured they were influencing my dreams. Usually they were dreams about finding old abandoned places in the woods or hidden parts of camps that weren't used anymore. This was really the only creepy thing about the camp that I had ever experienced. That was until this one night. That week I was doing another special camp called Leaders in Training, or LIT for short, where we would learn leadership traits and what it takes to be a good camp counselor. This specific night we were hanging out with the Pioneer campers and had played a game of Midnight Release in one of the fields by Pioneer Camp. After we finished our game of release, we had set up tents in another field a decent walk from Pioneer. It was probably around 2 or 3 a.m. when I and two other LIT campers were woken by something or someone walking through the woods. Behind us in the woods we heard soft footsteps for a moment. And then it would stop, and then followed by a soft voice that sounded like singing. It was definitely not the Pioneer campers, as they were much too far away and would not have been able to leave for that long without being noticed. Also it was not our counselor, as we could hear him sleeping in the fourth tent. 
The singing eventually got louder and sounded like an older man strolling through the woods singing a folk song. What really struck me as odd was that there were no trails in that part of the woods he was in. It was all dead leaves and twigs, which would have been very loud to walk on. I'm not sure what it was we heard, but it still makes me uneasy. Yet, it's non-threatening, I guess. Almost as if he was just observing us and taking note of what we were doing before going on. If anyone has any suggestions of who or what this old man singing could have been, I'd love to hear their thoughts on it in the comments down below. This story is not actually my own, but a close friend of mine, in which I was there but did not have the same experience. Two months ago, my friend, who we will call Alex, was out in the middle of the woods behind his house, messing around and all that stuff teens normally do. Also, his dog Ollie was with us. He is a pit bull and built like an absolute tank. I feel like if you tried to hit him with a log, he would catch it and snap it in half. So, we are in the woods, looking for stuff like deer, fish, and birds by the creek behind our house. We crouch down by the creek to look for some fish and frogs when we hear a twig snap and Ollie starts growling. Alex is saying, quite Ollie, it's probably just a deer, to which I am looking to where the twig snapped, and I'm not initially seeing anything. Then I hear Alex whisper, what the heck is that? I look up to see a 10-foot-tall giant dog standing on its hind legs, staring at us with cold yellow eyes. Ollie is barking like crazy and starting to advance towards the creature. Alex, who is super protective over Ollie, is shouting at him to come back. In one swift motion, the dogman creature swipes at Ollie and sends him flying with a yelp. I am pulling for Alex to leave, but he is not budging. I finally yank him away because Ollie is starting to limp run back to the house. We sprint back to the door. He flings it open and we rush inside and slam it shut. Alex is still looking around and says, where's Ollie? We automatically open the door and look out to see the creature chasing Ollie and trying to snatch him up in his jaws. Ollie is running as fast as he can and flies to the door as Alex shuts and locks it as fast as possible. Ollie has some pretty bad cut marks on his body, some on his head and the back of his legs. We call 911 in hopes that they can kill this thing. We can hear it clawing and whining at the door. Whining turned into barking, and then barking turned into a full-on roar of pure rage and pounding at the door. After this, details get a bit fuzzy in my mind, but this is as close as I can get to remembering. Alex drags me upstairs and calls for Ollie to follow us. The creature bursts through the door and grabs Ollie in his jaw, in which Alex yells and Ollie gives the most human-like dog scream as he is being dragged outside. Police, my dad, and both of his parents all arrive within minutes after this happened. I am in a daze as my brain cannot seem to fully process the situation at hand. Alex is bawling his eyes out and his mom is trying her best to calm him down, while the police and Alex's dad go out there to hunt that creature down. Ten minutes later, they come back in the yard with a torn apart body of Ollie. The mood changes from confusion to pure sadness. Two weeks later, Alex kills himself, in which he cut himself deeply in many areas of his body, including his wrist, 
neck, and torso. After all the things that have happened to me within these years, nobody seems to question why I never go out to make friends or why I will never get near a set of woods ever again. I have lived in the woods my entire life, and I am incredibly happy with it. When about four years ago I had one Rottweiler Pitbull mix that lived in the house with me as a watchdog, and two hounds that lived outside for chasing down pretty much whatever. One night the two dogs were scratching at the front door because they stayed outside usually. If they get out, I must look for them for a long time, but they came in and were a little shook up. So I decided to check out their kennel to see why they had decided to come inside tonight. Usually, like I said, they would prefer to stay outside. They did not want to leave the house though. They seemed extremely scared. My big dog listens, and the three others just kind of stay behind him. At first, none of them really seemed to notice anything. But once I got them focused on the trail, he slowly began to take notice. I live in northern Michigan and there are not a lot of places that can trap an animal. Usually, you can tire them out or get them in a tree, so it is a lot of tracking. After about three miles and two water holes, I knew we were getting closer to the answer. All the dogs were on edge, and they seemed extremely nervous. The hound dogs no longer wanted to lead, and I had the big dog dutifully do his job. As we were getting closer and closer, something just felt off. This was something I had never encountered before. It was something that I've never experienced in all my years living out here in the woods. I had to tell my big dog one more time to get back on task, and what I heard was about 20 yards away. He went in, and I heard a loud thump, and then a noise that sounded like a roar or something. I've never heard that roar ever. He came back and he had blood in his mouth, but no injuries, but he was not going back. I shined my light into the trees, and that's when I saw red eyes. They were nowhere near close to the ground, and at that point, we turned around. The hound dogs led the way back to the house, running faster than I have ever seen them go. I've never seen anything like this before or since. I went back the next day looking for tracks, and all I saw were dog tracks and mine. But there was also one set of dog tracks that were much larger than all of my dogs. My biggest dog weighs about 130 pounds as well. I'm from Sweden, and I'm sorry if my grammar is not correct. Terribly sorry about that. This is my story, and it happened to me, so I don't really care what people think about my sanity. I am a dad to four kids. My wife is awesome. I do not use drugs and alcohol, and I am completely sound of mind. But I still cannot explain this story. In Sweden, it is not yet legal to bow hunt, but I still practice anyway. And I've been around a lot in the area where I live. That is the west coast, close to the Norwegian border. I found this awesome overhanging cliff with a waterfall close by. So, I just had to set up a camp. I built it to last and stand a storm or two. Anyways, I used that camp for many years, either just getting away for a night or two or bringing my oldest son along. Or like this time, 
I was alone, my family was away, and I borrowed my sister's dog. This happened on the 26th or the 27th of December in 2018. Me and my borrowed dog, after a long day in the woods and doing hunting stuff and all that good stuff, came back to camp. We settled down, ate, and I made the bed ready for the dog. It was a cold night. The fire was going, and my headlamp was pointing at a book. Suddenly, it came to me. I felt like I was prey. This horrible feeling of fear came upon me out of nowhere. The dog stood up, suddenly looking around, as if they felt it too. I could see in the corner of my eye, something moving. The moon was up, it was not entirely pitch black outside, but creeping shadows, you get used to it. The dog is looking around, really freaking me out, and the feeling of dread and utter helplessness, like you are a victim, whatever you want to call it, is honestly overwhelming. It almost made me pee my pants in fear. In the corner of my eye, I could see something. The rational part of my being told me that I need to stoke the fire. Whatever, for some reason, in my head was just telling me to not let me let this fire go out. Whatever is out there, they know you have seen it. Stoke the fire. The dog was still point on. No sound, no nothing. Just looking straight at the dark figure behind a tree. I was so scared. What the hell am I doing here? I forced myself to hit the sack. The dog was still alive. Time passed. Morning came. I went out about two meters from the camp and in the snow, I found these strange looking wolf prints. I packed up and got the heck out of there. I don't know what was there that night. It could have just been a wolf stalking us. But sometimes, I just wonder if it was maybe something different. Hey Swamp Folk, sorry to interrupt this video, but you already know what's happening. IP Vanish is sponsoring another episode. IP Vanish is a virtual private network. A VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, and even things like your fire stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. That's important because what you're doing on the internet is no one else's business but your own. IPVanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. For listeners of the show, IP Vanish is offering an incredible 65% off. That's just $349 a month or $3149 for the year. Here's everything you get with IP Vanish. You get an anonymous IP address, which means your personal IP address cannot be tracked by anyone on the web. This also changes anytime you connect. You can circumvent any online censorship. IP Vanish has more than 1,500 servers in 70 plus locations. You can get protection when using public Wi Fi. Remember, with IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted, so no one can snoop on what you're doing. You get 24-7 support. You can email them, chat with them, even give them a call. They're incredibly easy to contact, and they're always there to help. So, go to IPVanish.com swamped to claim your 65% savings. That's $349 a month or just $31.49 a year. This is the time to sign up. With our discount and their current promotional offerings, you can get a VPN for 65% off. Once again, show these guys some love 
They're repeat sponsors of the show and help me out a ton. Remember, it's ipvanish.com slash swamped to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. A few months back, my girlfriend and I were bored, hanging around the house, and spontaneously decided to go out for a hike. We do not go hiking very often, but the idea appealed to both of us, and even though there was only about an hour left of light, we figured we had enough time to go enjoy a hike before it got too dark. We quickly filled up our water bottles, put on the best walking shoes we had, and went out the door, driving up into the mountains. Around my area, there are many hiking trails, with the variety of trails increasing as you go up into the mountains. We tended to stay around the base of the mountains in the occasional case of us hiking, where most people would still be walking. But we wanted to change things up and progressed further up the mountain to a trail a friend of mine had mentioned to me before. We kept a mindful eye on our time and figured that we could hike for a bit and simply enjoy the new environment for us and finish up before it was too late. We arrived at the trailhead and see that there were no cars left along the road where the trail commences, but did not think much of it due to the time. We still had a good 45 minutes until dark, so we continued. We start walking down a steep hill that then recoups the elevation at the bottom with an equally steep hill that you must ascend. We reach the top of this thing, and then it's smooth sailing from there. We see a lone coyote off the trail, quite a ways off, and we even see some rabbits. I made a quip about how those rabbits might need to be careful with that coyote lurking around. She playfully hit me for that one. Approximately less than a mile into this trail, we see a large, fallen tree that made a bridge over a dried riverbed. We decided to take a rest, climb up around on it, and take pictures. We were there for about 10 minutes, and then we resumed hiking. We continued the trail for a short distance until she hears a rustle in the trees behind us. We stop, mildly spooked due to the assumed size of whatever made the rustling, but continue only briefly before she decides she was done and that we need to head back. It is twilight now, and I agree with her, and we turn around and head back to the car. When we made it back to the fallen tree, my shoe had come untied, so I used the trunk to fix my loose laces and look behind us for the first time on the hike. This is uncharacteristic for me, but hey, I was having fun so I'd be paranoid. I see a person dressed entirely in black with their hood on. They were a pretty significant distance behind us, walking at a slow, even pace. It was not something out of the ordinary. So what if they were wearing black with their hood on? I wear black most of the time and it is pretty cold out. I should not make any assumptions. This does trigger me to be more alert, however, and I informed my girlfriend of this person's presence. It is now dusk. We continue at an intentionally faster pace and go through a winding section of the trail. I will eventually lose sight of the person when we come around the final bend of the section. I figure they are either far behind us and that there is nothing to worry about. Sooner than later, that person is behind us again, but much closer probably 50 feet in comparison to the 100 before. We had increased our speed, so this alarmed us. We briskly walk around another bend, and as soon as we come around it, we book it. It seemed to be a natural reaction on both of our parts as we just started running without a word said to initiate it. 
We are nearing the end of the trail now, and the only thing that's in front of us were those two hills that I mentioned in the beginning. We catch our breath for a moment, and I turn around again. I see the person seemingly halt to sprint upon noticing me looking back, as if they were trying to uphold the illusion of simply walking. At this point, I shall go, and we sprint down the hill. What little light was left made it very hard for us to see where we were going, but we struggled our way through the dense trees surrounding us, and the steep hill proved challenging to run down without a clear path to be seen. We both stumbled down the hill, almost falling multiple times, slamming our feet into rocks and loose brush. But we did not fall, we did not waver, and we did not look behind us. We make it to the bottom, but just continue up the initial hill, and then we make it out. We make it up to the incline to the car. I briefly take a breath in relief, but that's when I see the person emerging onto the trailhead, apparently breathing heavily. Luckily, I threw my car into reverse and we were on the road. We finally get a glimpse of this person. His hood had fallen off his head, exposing his pale complexion and dead eyes that were only illuminated by a single lantern at the end of the trail. He was holding something in his hand, but it was too dark to really see what it was. I was not interested in sticking around to make out the object. I shift into drive and accelerate as fast as my car could muster, leaving him behind in the dust of the empty side of the road. There is a trail and park and wooded area right behind my house. Very close to it, there is also a playground, basketball court, etc and it's a neighborhood park that often has a lot of people around, even at night for the skate park and basketball court. Drug deals are fairly often, so we try not to go at night. I often walk from the backyard to the playground with my siblings or whenever we feel like fishing at the little swampy lake area. Just earlier at around 9pm, I walked from my backyard with my little sister and my boyfriend to the playground. It was getting dark and my boyfriend was still playing basketball with my cousins, who drove to the park and met us there. So my little sister and I decided to go back home ourselves since it was a short walk. We were walking our usual route, and the backyards of other homes are very visible to us, and so is ours, but it's a little bit further away from the playground, and we are the only people who have a big, tall white fence, so you can't really see over our yard. Anyway... We walk a bit closer. Before we could get too far, I suddenly feel the instinct to look at something. I stop walking, and then I look and turn my head slightly to see some sort of tall white figure. At this point, it's light enough outside to see something far, but too dark to see it very clearly. This figure is not human, to say the least, nor anything I have ever seen in my entire life. I tried hard to think of what this could be, but I realized it looked like something coming toward my sister and I. It was about 20 to 30 feet away in the tree line. Thinking that I was going crazy or that I was just seeing things, I asked my sister if she could see it too, and she pointed at it. She said yes in fright, and she said, I think it's running at us. So we both ran back to the court where my cousins and boyfriend were. We ran really fast because we were super scared. I will try my best to describe the figure that I saw, but it's very hard. 
It was very thin and very tall. It was like a white stick figure. It was probably 15 feet tall, I, I really don't know. It was waving in this weird way, like really fast and I thought it might be a deer because we have seen them before, but obviously not in that type of body shape. This thing could not be a human being, there's just no way. I am a Christian girl at 21 years old and have never seen anything paranormal, but that weird thing my sister and I saw is just unexplainable and it's honestly got me creeped out about what lives in the woods. Just wondering if other people have maybe had something similar happen to them. My parents and others won't believe us, and even my sister is doubting what she actually saw. We got too scared to walk back, and luckily my brother drove to the park, so we got a ride with him instead. The figure was not scary at first. It was just so confusing, and I was so perplexed as to what was happening. But then, I felt fear for my life and for my sister's life as I saw it running or coming toward us. So a little background first. My friend lives in a fairly woodsy neighborhood in the more wealthy side of my town. So a lot of big houses are spaced out from each other there. He's told me numerous stories about the woods behind his house and about his neighborhood in general. I will share just a few so you can get the gist of how eerie it is over there. One time he was walking down a path in the woods behind his house with his mom when he was younger and they found a perfectly skinned cat completely intact about five minutes from the house. I even asked the mom about it one time when we were talking about creepy stuff and she said it was true. Another time, he said him and his sister and her friend were really deep in the woods behind the house and they found a polished cube with a pentagram carved into the front side, just sitting on a tree stump. Besides those two experiences, he's also mentioned things like weird satanic drawings, spray painted on the trees, and even a weird Illuminati kind of picture as well. I've even seen a few myself going back there with him and a few other buddies. Oh, and also... One time, his garage door camera picked up a video of a completely nude man walking up to the garage door, staring at the camera, then walking back off into the woods, all during a rainstorm. It was the weirdest freaking thing. Could have easily been a druggie, but who knows? He still has the video. Anyways, with all that out of the way, I'll get to my experience, which happened about two days ago. It was me, my friend, and our other buddy who was with us. We were driving around all night, just chilling and talking trash. It was around 2 in the morning when we pulled up to his house, so we could all grab us some water and snacks, since we were getting pretty hungry and we were all broke. He went into his garage and then came out to the car, two seconds later saying he heard screaming coming from the woods. Calling his bluff and being pretty superstitious, I walked to the edge of the driveway and listened for whatever was in there. After just a few moments, I was going to walk back to the car when I heard an extremely low-pitched, raspy screech come from the wilderness. It almost sounded like an old man that smoked three packs of cigarettes every single day, wheezing and huffing, way off in the distance. This scared the absolute crap out of me, so I ran back to the car and told my friend to come listen. Now it was the two of us listening. We waited for a few minutes and then heard another scream but this scream sounded completely different from the first. It was a higher pitch one and almost sounded like a woman. 
My friend is kind of a scaredy cat, so he ran back to the car like a bat out of hell, locking himself inside. My other friend came back out of his house and listened with me for the screams. It seemed like every five minutes or so we would hear a new scream, a little bit different from the last. We sat in his car in the driveway, and we had the windows down, just listening for new sounds. After about 20 minutes, whatever it was apparently left, and we didn't hear anything else for a while. We googled different native animal distress and mating calls, but couldn't find anything that even remotely compared to what we heard. At first, I thought it might have been a fox or a fisher cat, but it most definitely wasn't. Does anybody listening have any sort of explanation? I'd love to know in the comments down below.